search has started for both the general manager and for uh, head coach. We're going to cast the net far and wide, doing it differently than we've done it in the past. Uh, I've already been on the phone setting up uh, interviews and uh, speaking with people I respect around the NFL, getting their input on the best candidates out there. Uh, We are going to look at internal candidates and external candidates and, um, again, cast the net far and wide. We're not looking at particularly offense or defense. Uh, We're looking for some two candidates that are extremely strong. The preference is to get a general manager in place first, but if that doesn't happen, we're not going to be afraid to hire the right head coach. And um, so we're looking forward to uh, moving forward on on those interviews. I've already interviewed two internal candidates for general manager, Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris. I've also interviewed one external candidate, uh, and we've got interviews later this week. And we're trying to set up right now different interviews. It's Michael Bidwell, owner of the Arizona Cardinals, yesterday speaking with the media after making the decision to fire Cliff Kingsbury after four years as head coach and also now conducting a general manager search for the first mm. time in a decade. Yeah. We focus on what the Cardinals' record was under Cliff Kingsbury, 28-37-1 over four years. In 10 years as general manager for the Cardinals, uh, with Steve Kime as general manager, 80 wins, 80 losses, Two ties. Wow. <laughs> yeah, listen. I, That's I, close to a 500 percentage. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> I, I, I think in recent years, when you start to apportion what, what's gone down here, I, I think the biggest culprit, um, with all due respect to whatever health issues he's going through right now, has been the general manager. And, and I think it's been a situation where abysmal drafting has basically collapsed the foundation of this football team. Yes. I think it's put them in desperation mode. I think it's they, they've been scrambling for the, the magic panacea of the right free agents um, and the right relevancy acquisitions. And I think it's just been one desperation play after another, after another, after another. And I think Cliff Kingsbury was one of them. And I, I, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury deserves a lot of blame here per se, because I don't think he's anything more or less of the head coach he was when he was hired from day one. He was a wild swing and a miss. Uh, let me just let me amend that. He was a wild swing uh, to begin with. A gentleman who had lost his job at, in college. He had gotten hired at USC as an offensive coordinator. And and as Wolf told us during crosstalk on Monday, Steve Kime might have aired. Um, dramatically by assuming that the NFL was going full on to this college open four sp- wide receiver spread system that and, and if he did that then shame on Steve Kime because as a general manager you you've got to forecast what's happening but at the same time you've got to have respect for football to know that throughout the annals of this sport it's all cyclical and yes. defenses always come back and and adjust but always there was always an element too in hindsight and again I got to put this out there you know the wild swing that the Cardinals took in 2019 on Cliff Kingsbury, I was all for it. It mm-hmm. was different, but it was also very much an overcorrection from what we saw in, in 2018. Yeah, yeah. That offense was so abysmal and brought back offensive football to the Stone Ages under Mike McCoy and Steve Wilkes um, that there was, I think, an overcorrection on the, on the thinking of Steve Kime. Like, yeah. hey, we're not only going to be better, 
we're going to revolutionize. And it, it, yeah. You're right. It's impossible to revolutionize and have yeah. sustained success in the NFL these days because it all comes back to the same things. It all comes back to being able to run the football and stop the run to yeah. win. Yeah. Everything and, else is just cosmetic. And, and so as I was thinking about this yesterday, I, I started thinking about over the course of, of Steve Kimes' time here from BA on, you know, I've heard a lot of national people that I know who have who have been put off by who were put off by Steve Kimes' arrogance. There was a belief that this football team acts like they've won multiple Super Bowls when they haven't won squat. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that might be a reaction from somebody you know trying to cling to his job. And, yeah. and you know, there's a lot of people, myself included, who've who've kind of criticized Michael Bidwell for being too hands on, for being meddling. Well, Steve Kime uh, allowed a lot of that to happen. So I, I look at Steve Kime and I see a guy that's been clinging to his own job for many, many years now and and not, he didn't mean it to be this way, but I think it's been to the detriment of the football team, which is why I thought Michael Bidwell's press conference yesterday was so unexpected and so refreshing. Yes. Because it just sounded honest and it sounded transparent and it sounded real and it didn't sound like a lot of the stuff we had been hearing from the Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kymer. Now, I think once Cliff came in, Post Steve Kime, I think a lot of this obfuscation and let's not say anything to the media, let's give them nothing, let's say nothing, I think it got to the point of absurdity. And I think all of it kind of tore. She is casting the. Uh, sorry. Tore at their relationship with football fans and this valley in general. That's why I, I just I, I I'm trying not to go overboard here, but I was really impressed yeah. at at the tone Michael Bidwell set yesterday because he kind of reset the entire organization. And part of that tone was this: he is casting the uh, the net far and wide, uh, making sure that we've got somebody with a very good plan with the right leadership skills uh, that can come in, uh, not only a GM but also a, a, a head coach, uh, to make sure that we we build the kind of um, the team and squad and roster, uh, as well as uh, staff and, and plan on both the offense and defensive side of the ball to make sure that we can win the NFC West. And when I, you know, I don't, I don't know that we're as broken as maybe people think. I mean, our record is terrible, but when you you look at the talent on this team, we've got a lot of talent. We've just got to make sure that they're all playing together. And going back to Michael Bidwell's quote too about the, the process. GM first, then coach, unless the right coach can be identified before the GM, mm-hmm. which would lend you to believe that that would be Sean Payton would be that guy oh, because yeah. Sean Payton. The speculation is if he jumps in, it's going to be um, because he gets some personnel control as well, and that might change the There's the order no of GM operation. In place you can call Sean Payton, say here you go, yeah. That's got to be awfully appealing if you're Sean Payton. Um, I talked to some people yesterday who think that this actually might be a thing. It actually might be real. Sean Payton has emerged as the odds-on favorite to be the Cardinals' next head coach. I saw one sports book that had Byron Leftwich oh, as the odds-on oh, favorite. Okay. I'm like, are you throwing darts? Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Then, then let me then let me scratch the authenticity of that. Well, it just depends on no, yeah. on whoever's no, making right. the odds, I guess. But, yeah, uh, that Sean Payton possibility is, is out there. We can get more yeah, into that next it. as the search is on for a new coach and general manager here in Arizona for the Cardinals. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Tuesday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports.
I have two years left on a contract with New Orleans, so 23 this upcoming year and 24. So because of that, any team that would want to inquire or speak with me can do so. They just need permission from the Saints. Um, and then down the road, if that's something that materializes into anything else, then there would be compensation required, much like a player trade. That is Sean Payton on the Fox pregame show this past weekend, where during that uh, he also confirmed this. Denver's the first team, and I was able to have uh, a conversation with their owner, and uh, that's kind of the protocol. So it would go team to the Saints, uh, and and then the interview process can't officially begin until the 17th of this month. Okay. So that's really where it's at. So they reached out, they talked, but they didn't interview. I, I guess that's still legal. Uh, but there's going to be teams. Look, you got five teams right now mm-hmm. in, in Houston, Denver, Arizona, Indianapolis, Carolina looking for head coaches. Who knows if a couple more positions become open. I think they've all got Sean Peyton on their list. Yeah, I think. How could you not? I think Denver and Arizona are the two locations where he could actually land. I don't think there's much intrigue in those other three spots. Mm-hmm. But you know, focusing on what Sean Payton said, there will be compensation because he's under contract, mm-hmm. and the Saints are going to ask for the moon. The Arizona Cardinals have the number three pick in the draft. Yeah, they, that's off the table. You, you're not trading. I'm that. not against the Cardinals trading that third overall pick, but if they do, it's got to be for a boatload of yeah, draft picks, not, not for a head coach. coach. No, you could you could trade that number three pick for a boatload of draft picks, and then use one of those draft picks you get back in return. What are you eating there, Jared? <laughs> Come on, Jared! It's seven nineteen in the morning. Hey, ho. can't you control your stomach, Jared? Not when it's hand fruit time. Hand yeah. fruit time, hand fruit time. Hey ho, hand fruit time is, what is here. What is today's hand fruit of the day? I have a question about hand fruit. That sounds it is, good. Uh, I'll have that. This is a pear. I believe it's a Bartlett pear. Mm. Mm-hmm. A little firm, but it's quite juicy. Wow. And this has been Jared's mm-hmm. hand fruit of the day. Hey yeah. ho, hand fruit time, hand fruit time, hand fruit time. What the hell were we talking yeah. about? Again? <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, know, you wouldn't trade Sean Payton and draft picks and, and all of that. Yes. Yeah, but so, could the could the timing of that work? Like could you go into the draft? Jared, go back to eating your food. A, go back to eating your food. Vinny and I have got this hand. Oh, no. Go back to eating your food. I wouldn't want to distract you no, in the middle Jared, of a sentence by sitting here and right. do, just eating. Listen, Vinny and I have got this handled. We're good, okay? So there, <laughs> Jared. The adults are talking. Right, that's right, got, Jared. Just I got a box of twenty grams Jared. over here, Jared. Right. So look over uh, here. Yeah. So I have so, a granola bar. <laughs> Again, it, it's going to come down to what the Cardinals can do with this third overall pick. I think the Cardinals in a very, very good selection because the Bears with the number one pick in the draft, they've got Justin Fields, so they've got their quarterback. Houston is at number two. They obviously need a quarterback. If you do the math, I, I don't think the Bears are going to be the team that trades uh, or threatens to draft a quarterback, prompting Houston to trade up or trade out. I, I think the Bears are going to take, if I know the Bears, they're going to take the best defense player available. Yeah, which is either going to be Anderson or Carter. Right. That's what I think they're going to do. I but think. there's there's a wrinkle in this, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's happening, but uh-huh. it's food for thought. Mike Tannenbaum, former GM in the NFL, is on ESPN. He was on this morning. He went on the television show, and he went on the radio show. He went on with uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And he said, if I was the Bears, I would trade Justin Fields for a first-round pick and maybe a third-round pick. And he kind of likened the whole situation 
Uh, and he says, oh, like, I like Justin Fields. He's a B-plus quarterback. But if you can get a Bryce Young, who he thinks is going to, to be a stud in the NFL, mm-hmm. and in the process, add three or four players, he likened it to the process the J- Jacksonville Jaguars went through, where you add players from the outside, and it makes for a quick turnaround. I'm not saying it's going yeah, to happen. It's I heard that. Obviously I very that. doubtful that that will right. happen. I heard that, and I thought that was very interesting yeah. to, to, to go and uh, to foreclose on a guy like Justin Fields, who has really popped in a good way for you, and say, listen, this guy's going to be better, and we can reset the quarterback to a rookie contract. It, it, that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff that you're 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 banking on. I don't know, but but the bottom line is this: I think the Cardinals, if they're smart, you know, could use that number three pick as a way to it, it, look. If Sean Payton wants to be involved with the Arizona Cardinals, then I think everything that happens from this point forward, you work along with him um, in regards to this. So, I I, I think Sean Payton's going to have, like you pointed out, his choice of jobs here, and you look at Denver and you look at the Walton money that's running that organization, if Sean Payton wants to get paid, if he wants to max out his compensation, that's probably where you end up. You probably go to Denver and you hope that what Russell Wilson put on the field in week 18 is a harbinger of what he might be able to do next year. There are people who keep telling me that Sean Payton is truly enamored with Kyler Murray. Now, again, you might roll your eyes. I don't I don't know the validity of it, but it you could see a scenario where it might be true. And then you look at other things about Arizona, Destination City, all this stuff. Maybe it's speaking to Sean Payton, or maybe it's just a leverage pay, play. I don't know. But I do think when you talk about the Bidwill family legacy and heritage, the fact that Sean Payton was a ball boy for this football team back in their St. Louis era, don't think that doesn't mean anything. It does. That's the kind of thing that, that dovetails very nicely into yeah. the Bidwill family legacy. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of franchises that are still owned by the families when that even took place right. in in the what, 1970s. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the fact that Michael Bidwill said, listen, it, what we would prefer to do is get our GM first and then bring him in. And then loop him into these talks about head coaching, or if that, but but if it's not going to stop us from hiring the right head coach, and at that point in time, ding ding ding, the lights went on. Yeah. So that that seems to be an acknowledgement. If I can get Sean Payton, we'll worry about the general manager later. Absolutely. But then again, you have to ask yourself the question: What are you willing to give up to get Sean Payton? Because it's not just a free and clear transaction. Then you factor in this little wrinkle as well. The input that Kyler Murray will have. We're in communication, and uh, and and we should be talking later today. We're texted, and and either today or tomorrow. And so, absolutely want to get the input of uh, our leaders, uh, including Kyler, and have spoken with uh, a number of leaders already. Do you like that strategy? I, I I don't know. Listen, I I do think that on some level, if if you were if you were the only uh, to answer your question, no. But to, but. If you were the owner of a football team that just had this situation where the head coach and the quarterback obviously didn't get along and the relationships were obviously very strained between GM, quarterback, and head coach, I think on some level you keep Kyler Murray involved. I don't okay. I don't think in any way, shape, or form Michael Bidwell is saying, hey, Kyler, give me a list of who you want and I'll start talking to some people. I think keeping him involved so he feels empowered is I, – I think it's more nuanced if it's – I, I wouldn't be leaning on him for mm-hmm. for the person I'm hiring, but but at the same time, you want to make sure you don't end up in yeah. the same kind of broken relationship he had with Cliff Kingsbury. What if Michael Bidwell picks up the phone and says, "Hey, Kyler, what do you think about Sean Payton?" Absolutely not, no way, no way in hell. 
Is that going to oh, dissuade you? Yeah, no. I, I, if it's Sean Payton, I I'm, wouldn't even ask him. I'm siding with the guy who's won a Super Bowl. Yeah, Bowler. absolutely. And, and if Kyler Murray doesn't, then you really got to question Kyler Murray because yeah. if, he, if his ultimate goal is truly to win the Super Bowl, he's going to embrace something like yeah. that. It's time for Character Counts, presented by Parker & Sons Cooling, Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Today's nominee is Saguaro High School senior Sloan Ritchie. Sloan is a three-year varsity volleyball player who led her team to their first winning record in six years and is a true student-athlete compiling a 4.7 GPA while taking many AP classes. Sloan also understands the importance of helping her community and volunteers in several programs as part of the Valley Presbyterian Church. She most uh, recently traveled on a mission to Nashville for one week to help communities in need by packing medical supplies, providing food for shelters, and maintaining national parks. After graduation, Sloan plans to study medicine and continue her community service. Well done, Sloan Ritchie from Saguaro High School. Character Counts is presented by Parker & Sons Cooling, Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. We should really get a whole uh, applause sound uh, Absolutely. soundtrack. Well, yeah, incredible. Incredible. That's all right. Yes, that. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, again, every time I hear Character Counts, I think, what a slacker I was in high school. No kidding. <laughs> I'm like, me, me too. I'm like, what? I didn't do anything. I thought I was doing it, and now I look back like, oh, like no, I wasn't doing nothing. Anything. We would not be reading the name of Sarah Cazell. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Character Counts is presented by Parker and Sons Cooling, Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical, and they're looking for their next student athlete to win a $10,000 scholarship. Text Character to 62620 to nominate a student today. Uh, coming up next, Sarah takes us through the big stories of the day rush hour reboot style it's bickley and murata mornings here on arizona sports the local sports leader arizona sports the local sports leader rush hour reboot rush hour reboot getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning brought to you by brooklyn betting arizona built for america's dreams Friends, it is no longer hand fruit time. It is time to get rebooted. It is the rush hour reboot here on Bickley Emirata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We're getting you caught up on everything you need to know in Valley Sports. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. With Vince Mermada. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Oh, and Jarrett Carlin. Ample rumpage. What? Ample rumpage? Ample rumpage. <laughs> about my husband there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hands off my man. All right. Some major turnover yesterday <laughs> for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, owner Michael Bidwell looking for a new head coach after four years of Cliff Kingsbury and also looking for a new GM after 10 years of Steve Kime in that position, but more like 23 years or something with the organization. Uh, obviously, well documented on this show. It's been a crazy year for the Cardinals, including the extensions offered to those two folks in March. The homework clause for Kyler Murray, the PED suspension for DeAndre Hopkins, whatever happened in Mexico City, Kyler Murray's torn ACL, and then, of course, just a four-win season. Michael Bidwell spoke about what all went wrong this past season and why yesterday's change needed to happen. When you look at the totality of the season, there were a lot of things, whether it was Hop's suspension or, or injuries or, or some of the other things that, that occurred. 
think the number one thing is, you know, we need we need to really uh, make sure that we're getting the most out of those players and that the players are uh, uh, 100% committed to making sure that we do everything we can do. And I've been speaking to some of our leaders, and uh, they're, we want to make sure that we've got the culture of that locker room, the culture of our uh, organization, really focused on maximum effort and making sure we do everything we can do to win the NFC West. Bidwill also said that despite all of that craziness, the core of the team is still really strong and this situation can be turned around quickly. Well, this morning on ESPN Radio, Dan Graziano pondered just how good of a job this Cardinals head coach opening is. Is the Arizona Cardinal job a good job? A long time ago, Mike Shanahan told me the two questions he asked himself when he when he talks about a head coaching job is who's the quarterback and who's the owner. In Arizona, you know who the quarterback is. Do you like who the quarterback is? I think that probably mm. depends on the coach and the candidate, uh, what they think they can do with Kyler Murray. There are some buyer beware elements to someone who might be taking that job. Okay, so right now there are five head coach openings, I believe, in the NFL. Yes. The Cardinals, the Panthers, the Colts, the Broncos, and the Texans. How do the Cardinals stack up as an attractive option against those other situations? Uh, I think they're closer to the top of the list than the bottom of the list, to be honest with you. I, I If I were a candidate, I wouldn't go anywhere near Jim Irsay in Indianapolis. Mm. I wouldn't go anywhere near the Houston Texans. Unless you want to work for one year. Yeah, yeah right. Then go to right, the Texans. Right. Carolina, huh? There's no quarterback piece there whatsoever. They're going to address that, and they're, I mean, deep pockets, David Tepper's yeah. so, mega rich. Right, yeah, and, and and he's obviously willing to spend. So there's the, so the ownership piece seems good in Carolina, but the quarterback piece is terrible. Denver is a great football city with a very wealthy fan. It's the Walmart money now. Mm-hmm. But that quarterback piece, I don't know about that. I don't know. If you're a head coach, you're not only managing an aging quarterback who, who is persnickety, who, wa- who wants everything his way, but then you got to deal with the just the, the the relational aspects of what he does to a team. Now you got to repair all that. I, I think Arizona's one or two. Wow. It's definitely top three on my pecking order. Yeah, so it's, it's Carolina, Denver, Arizona, and and you can make a compelling case for any one of those to be number one. You can make compelling cases for um, well. Not not the other two. I, I I agree with Indianapolis and Houston are the t- two two you situations to avoid. Yeah, Outside looking in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, NFL Network is talking about the Arizona Cardinals as well this morning. Honing in on Cliff Kingsbury, though, Peter Schrager said on Good Morning Football that Kingsbury really tried to make things work this season, but don't feel bad for the fired head coach. For those who are saying, uh, hey, you know, this what what now? Let me explain something. Cliff Kingsbury signed a five-year extension in 2022. He will get paid out. That means your check hits, direct deposit, every two weeks until 2027 by the Arizona Cardinals. And that is a lot of money. Cliff, don't cry for him. He would have loved to make this thing work. He'll be okay. He'll work somewhere else. There'll be offsets and all this thing. Where do you think Cliff Kingsbury goes next? Does he stay in the NFL? Does he go back to college? Does um, he hit TV? No, TV is no, not an option. TV's not an option. He doesn't have the personality for that. The um, does he go back to college? I read some place where he doesn't want any part of the college game anymore, and I can't say I blame him. The recruiting thing is tough, but again, I don't know what his options are. He doesn't strike me as a guy that's just gonna, you know. 
languish and enjoy free money. And then there becomes the case also, too, is, I mean, we, we just don't know the details of what this is. And, you know, I've I've heard people tell me there's buyouts in both Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury's contract. I've had people tell me that's unprecedented in the NFL, that mm-hmm. a head coach has never had a buyout clause. Mm-hmm. But to me, um, did Michael, did Michael Bidwell look to you like a guy that had just swallowed $60 million? Didn't look that way to me. He didn't. He didn't look. He didn't look like. Oh my God! I can't believe this. Again, I just. I, I. I don't know what's what. I'm not trying to say one way or the other. I'm just saying that I would not be shocked if yeah. there was some stipulation in that contract. But, but I don't think it's going to matter because I think Cliff will take a job. He might take a year off, but no more than he's that. staying in the NFL. Okay. And it's all contingent on what Sean McVay does in LA. If Sean McVay stays with the Rams, he's going to be on. Cliff Kingsbury is going to be so? on his staff. Yeah, they're way too tight. They're uncomfortably tight as opposed. To- <laughs> well, that'll make it easy. So he doesn't have to call Sean McVay and ask for sideline passes. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> they could just talk about it in the coaches. Don't make meeting. it very convenient. Won't need socks in L.A. That's there's uh, yeah. There's also people who thought. Listen, the Patriots need an offensive coordinator. But again, what has Cliff done as an hey. offensive? Well, and but that's that's why I asked. I I, what has Matt has Patricia done? Well, the there is that. I mean, if you're going to give the job to Matt Patricia, you could give it to Cliff. Yes, Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. Absolutely, he, he, he's got to take this next opportunity. And if it's a coordinator job. Prove that you're worthy of the NFL. Yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. That's and true. Remember at uh, midfield of the New England I'll Patriots Arizona Cardinals yeah, game. Right. Bill, Bill. Yeah. Oh, that is right. I'll call you. I'll call you. D Hop. Give me D Hop's number. I'll give you a two for one deal. You and I. What do you say? Cool. Uh, there you go. Cool. We're all rebooted. Cool. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Rush Hour Reboot every morning at 730. Coming up next, we'll continue to talk about the big changes coming with the Arizona Cardinals. Coach and GM on the way in. Jay Feely, former Cardinal CBS Sports Analyst. He'll join us next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. I'm not going to get into details of uh, any of the candidates we're, we're reaching out to other than to, than to acknowledge that uh, I've done the two interviews with uh, one with uh, Adrian, one with Quentin. That is uh, Michael Bidwell yesterday addressing the media press conference to announce the or finalize the firing of Cliff Kingsbury. Steve Kime moving on, stepping down as general manager, meaning uh, Michael Bidwell's got some work to do. And he, he was kind of open and honest about it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, different process this time around, uh, especially on the coaching front, because he doesn't have a general manager beside him to do it. Steve Kime had hired the last three head coaches for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Going back to uh, Bruce Arians when he was uh, appointed GM in 2013, that was the first hire. Steve Wilkes came second, and then Cliff Kingsbury. And I know during the course of the season, Bick, we were kind of wringing our hands about, oh man, if you do make a change, is Steve Kime going to be the guy to make a fourth head coaching hire for yeah. the Arizona Cardinals? That's not the case. And at least to a degree, um, th- there's a feeling of a new, fresh start, which... Look, let's face it, after this year and everything that went wrong, 
was much needed for the Arizona Cardinals. Without a doubt. And, and I think that it, one of the things that I that I had grown, one of the many reasons I had grown very uncomfortable with Steve Kime is, is it seemed to me like, as we've talked about, and as many people have echoed from Kurt Warner to many others, anybody watching this football team over the last three years, there was no real coherent philosophy. There was nothing that they were building. It was just a one-year plan and that, okay, let's try this and then let's try this. And it seemed to me that in recent years that there was this mad, desperate attempt to save his job by saving Cliff Kingsbury's job, and you can see all these moves that were made to funnel offensive players in a desperate attempt to make this offense work, whether it was trading away a first, uh, a number one draft pick for Hollywood Brown, which at this point looks like a mistake to me. I, I'm not, I, from what I've seen from Hollywood Brown this past season, not a fan. Well, I mean, individually you could certainly make that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, argument and, and team success-wise. I mean, they got four wins out of that. Yeah, and so I think Trey McBride, the last few weeks of the season, that was something that at least that's a that's a that's that's something, a sign of optimism going forward. Yeah. Joining us now to talk about the uh, changes coming for the Arizona Cardinals, a guy who wore that uniform, now CBS Sports Analyst Jay Feely joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Jay. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, we're doing well. Um, there was some for most of yesterday's show. After you know wrapping up this nightmare season that the Cardinals have had, there was some speculation: what's going to happen? Is Michael Bidwell going to write that check to uh, to pay off Cliff Kingsbury? Uh, it happened at the tail end of our show yesterday. I guess your reaction and a- any surprise on your part that these changes are uh, taking place with the Cardinals. I think there's certainly surprises from everybody. Um, I'm sure it was a very hard decision for for Michael Bidwell because because Cliff works really hard. Mm-hmm. You know he he cared and he put the effort in. He just didn't get the results. And I think at the end of the day, you have to do what you believe is best for your franchise and give Michael Bidwell a lot of credit. Like there's been criticism. You know, if you go back. 10, 15, 20 years that the Cardinals wouldn't make those hard decisions and invest the money that needed to be made to have the best franchise and give them the best chance at winning. And, and certainly Michael has done that. I agree with that. The leadership component for the next head coach is going to be very important. How in would you be for a guy like Sean Payton? And do you think it's a realistic possibility? I don't know if it's realistic. I would be 100% in. Uh, I think you do everything you can to get Sean Payton. Here's here's why. Because I think the, the type of coach that you need, um, you need somebody who is kind of an alpha male. You need somebody who's going to come in, uh, who is going to put his stamp on this team, who can get the most out of the offense, first of all. So they got to be creative. they got to be able to get the most out of the offense. You have a guy in Kyler Murray who has a unique skill set. Obviously, he's going to be coming off a, a surgery uh, and coming back, and hopefully he returns to the same guy that he was. But you got a short quarterback who uh, has great running ability, um, you know, but it's not the same kind of quarterback as sitting in the pocket. So when you got a guy who developed an offense to take advantage of Drew Brees, took Drew Brees from kind of an average NFL quarterback and turned him into a Hall of Famer. Uh, and then on top of that, you got a guy who I think what, what you need on this team is somebody who's going to demand accountability. Yeah. And, and Sean Payne is going to do that. Jay Feely, CBS Sports Analyst, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. All right, related to that, Jay, 
contract is still in place between Sean Payton and the Saints, so there's going to be some compensation demanded. If you're going all in, what are you willing to give up? Because you know the Saints are going to ask for the moon. How much do you think the Cardinals will be willing to budge on that? <laughs> well, you think back to John Gruden. What did they give up for John Gruden? They gave up two first-round picks for John Gruden? Oh, I looked really, it up. Yeah. I, don't oh, I think that's what it was. Um, I think, that, I mean, that's a lot. Uh, I think anything over a first-round pick is it would be hard to swallow. But if you're getting your coach that you believe is going to take you to the Super Bowl that can get the most out of your quarterback, you've already invested in your quarterback. Yes. Um, you know, so what you do with this coach has to be predicated on what you believe is best for your quarterback and your offense. Would you give up number three overall? Yeah, it would hurt, but I think, I, think you, I think you probably would. Mm. That yeah, would you're that right. Would hurt. That's a good answer. That's a good answer because it would indeed hurt. <laughs> All right. So one of the things that I think you're you're one of the people who have mentioned this over the years, and I and I think Kurt Warner and others, and that is it. Just from year to year, that it hasn't seemed to be a real coherent identity with this football team. If if say you came in as a GM or uh, knowing what you know about the NFL, what what should you be looking at? What should Michael Bidwell be looking at in terms of creating an a real identity going forward? Speed. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I just look around the NFL and I look at how, how one guy transformed the Miami Dolphins team. Yeah. You know, you take you take Tyreek Hill and you put him on that team, and they went from a team who couldn't get the ball down the field at all last year, um, you know, who, who did pretty good and played well on defense and were right there and, and could have got into the playoffs at the end of the year, but they just they couldn't, they couldn't stretch the field. And you put one guy on that offense, and all of a sudden that offense is transformed. And, you know, while Tua was healthy, nobody was stretching the ball down the field more uh, than the Miami Dolphins. And so I think on both sides of the ball, when, when you get speed uh, coming off the edge and you get speed on that defensive line, you get after quarterbacks, you put speed on the field at the receiver position, um, you know, it, it, it creates an identity on your team and it scares defense coordinators and you're able to go out there and dictate. And that's what I think more than anything you want to do is you want to be able to dictate to the other team. Um, I don't like being passive you know, I don't like defensively or offensively. I don't want to react. I don't want to let the other team dictate to me. I want to go out and dictate to them and speed does that. When Cliff Kingsbury was brought in uh, and, and during his four years as the head coach, the main job that he had from the offensive side of the ball was to maximize Kyler Murray. A lot of people feel now that Cliff is gone, the next head coach, whoever it is, will be charged with fixing Kyler Murray. Do you think that's a fair assessment? And if so, how fixable do you think Kyler Murray is at this point? I think that question is up to Kyler Murray. Hmm. And how humble he is. When I look at great quarterbacks, and I think I may have given you guys this example before, but Josh Allen, I think we all would say, is a great quarterback in the NFL right now. Josh Allen's greatest attribute is his humility, and it was from the very beginning because he was willing to acknowledge that he wasn't a complete product. And he did that every offseason. And he went and he, he met with his quarterback coach. Uh, and he went out there with Jordan Palmer and said, how can I get better? Yeah. And they created a plan, both with his coaches at Buffalo and his quarterback uh, coach at Jordan Palmer, to like, hey, let's fix certain aspects of your game every offseason. 
And I think without humility, you don't look at yourself and say that I'm not a finished product, that I can be better, that I can do things better, uh, whether that's understanding the game better, uh, recognition, whether it's your throwing motion and what you can do to be more accurate, to get the ball quicker. You know, I think there's a lot of things that Kyler can do to get better. I think a coach has to be able to hold him accountable. That's why I said you got to have an alpha male. Yeah. You know, you got to have a guy. I mean, Bruce Arians is that guy. Bruce Arians is the only coach the Cardinals have had here in Arizona that's had a winning record. Yeah. But Bruce Arians was going to hold people accountable. I mean, I've told this story before, but he had an accountability chart. You know, that every day you came in, and there it was in black and white. It showed everybody in there, Larry Fitzgerald or Darnell Dockett or whoever it was, the quarterback, Carson Palmer. It showed if you had mental errors. It showed if you had a loaf. It showed if you didn't do it right. Like, it's black and white. It's there for everybody to see. You know, and I think that's what you need. You know, Kyler's got to be held accountable, and he's got to be held accountable publicly in front of the team. And then I think he's got to have the humility to go and look at himself in the mirror and with that coach and honestly assess how he can be better as a quarterback. Yeah. Jay, great stuff. Great Thanks stuff, so much man. for joining us. Really appreciate it, as always. Hey, guys. Good to talk. You take care. You too. Jay Feely, CBS Sports Analyst, joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next. The first post-Kingsbury blast ever. Fire! Fire! This is an event that's been in the making for quite some (laughs) time. You're going to want to stick around for it next. (laughs) Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.